0: On the Wet Coast, a podcast about sexuality and ethical non-monogamy of every variety. We talk polyamory and swinging, monogamous and open relationships, from dirty, dirty sex to heartbreak. We share our personal experiences and philosophy, observations and theories, what works for us, and where we fucked it right up. Join us on the Wet Coast. Hey everyone, welcome. It's Kat Stark here, and joining me tonight is a special guest, Don Ardent. Hi. You can tweet along with us with hashtag on the wet coast. You can follow us on Twitter at wetcoastcat. That's cat with a K. At Don Ardent Grocks. At on the wet coast. Read blogs, reviews, and more. www.onthewetcoast.com. Email us comments or questions at contact at coast.com. And if you like what we're doing, please rate us and leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher or your favorite platform. It makes a huge difference for us. Thanks. Previously on the On the Wet Coast podcast, in part one of female relationships, Don Arden and I discussed the complexities of female relationships in non-monogamy, shaking off the internalized competition we were socialized to associate with other women, and how honestly communicating fears and boundaries can help heal the breaks that insecurity and jealousy can create. We also hated on a couple mean girls from our past. In our defense, they were so mean and made our junior high school experiences pretty hellish. In this episode, a continuation of that discussion, we examine our experiences of public bisexuality through exhibitionism and how it relates to the male gaze, being good allies, and supporting those more marginalized than us in the new political climate, and the pros and cons of doing the work of emotional labor in our complex array of relationships.
1: Now, part two. So, speaking of being awful... (laughs) um, One of the things that I have a really hard time with that for me, um, again, it pushes that competition button, um, is that I'm not an exhibitionist. Mm -hmm. I am a hide in the corner and talk for four hours kind of person and then maybe get around to fucking eventually, um, or like fucking later somewhere where it's quiet, you know, and, uh, and, and whatever. I'm not a, I am not a performance. Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, because I have so many insecurities around what I am capable of doing, uh, with my body. So, um, for me, the, the bisexuality aspect, which as long as I've been interested in sex, I've been interested in sex with everybody. Mm -hmm. So, um, regardless of gender, you know, and, and all that. Yeah, we we're, we're
0: saying bisexual but mean pansexual or omnisexual yeah, all these things v- Very, but-
1: very pansexual. Yeah. So, you're great at fucking in front of people. Like, <laughs> I know because I've been in the audience. <laughs> um, and it's really intimidating. Um, but at the same time, it's very fraught because of the idea of especially um, you know, going from swinging, to being open, to being polyamorous, and all of those shades in between, um, it can be gross. It can be really fucking gross. For uh, – because I-, I grew up in a navy town where women would make out on the dance floor to get men's attention, mm-hmm. and I'm like, fuck those bitches. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's my refrain. Yeah, the yeah, bisexual, as it gross has, has been described.
0: Ew. And I mean, I was – guilty of that as someone when I was first old enough to go to the bar. And also because I didn't sort of come to my bisexuality until I was older. And so that I didn't understand it as a kid. I remember like I would go and look at my older brother's like porno mags and stuff like that. You were looking Um, at boobs because boobs are great. Boobs are great. And Yeah. yeah, I was very excited about boobs. And especially when one gal was like touching the other gal's boobs and this was super duper exciting (laughs) do we need a Um, break (laughs) um, but yeah so I I you know looked at all the pictures and I was like super excited and read the you know dear penthouse forum I never thought this would happen to me kind of letters and wanked like crazy and stuff but you know I was really into boys and so it never occurred to me that there was anything different. Um, and it wasn't until I was older. And again, like, because I am in my mid 40s, I, it just wasn't part of the zeitgeist in the way right. that it is now. Yes. So people growing up now, or even people like in their 30s talk about like, Oh, yeah, like I went to in, in high school, I went, you know, I dated a girl and all this kind of stuff. And I'm just like,
1: Whoa. yeah, like, my that, parents would have lost their goddamn
0: minds. Yeah. And I I don't think my parents would have particularly cared um they're they're pretty damn liberal but it 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 just it never even crossed my mind and Mm. so it wasn't until my 20s and and you know listening to a lot of the indigo girls and (laughs) (laughs) and going to to uh little fair and
1: you know watching like french art films oh oh god yes mulholland drive has this david lynch has a special place in my heart okay yeah um so like all these things that i was like oh i
0: really want that and (laughs) and in fact i had an experience when i was about 16 um where i was at a a dance like summer camp kind of thing and was staying in the residence at the, at the college while I was away. And this woman who I was, who was also staying, staying in the same residence, like put the moves on me. And I was just so confused because she had offered to give me a massage and I was super naive and (laughs) also a dancer and I hurt. So someone offers to give you a
1: massage. That's such a (laughs) frat boy move. Yeah. And I totally do that all the time. And
0: so (laughs) she was giving me a massage and then got me to turn over and I was just really confused. And then she started touching me and then she tried to kiss me. And I was just like, I was really upset because I thought my boyfriend would be mad. Oh, God. So there was no like getting to enjoy the experience or getting to explore. Like I was just so like, I pushed her away and was just like, I just thought you wanted to give me a massage. Like, I didn't think right. anything of it. And and I just then went, because I remember him telling me that a gal he had dated at university became a lesbian, and I thought that he would feel bad that he was turning
1: women into lesbians. Oh, my gosh. Do you know how many gay boyfriends that I had as a kid? Like, I didn't have a lot of boyfriends. Half of them are gay now. So it's, okay. it's not my fault. I mean, I just had good taste, you know? Yeah. So did they. Yeah, just drawn
0: to... <sighs> things that right. a lot of yeah, boys don't had in have common. and yep. um but yeah so i i just did never occurred to me until i was really once flick and i were together because we met when we were like 20 years old and and it yeah it wasn't until we were together and he was just so open about it and he's like yeah like you know if you want to go try this go for it and So, yeah, I didn't, I didn't come to it until later. Um, so I definitely was guilty of like, if someone was willing to make out with me in a, in a bar, I was gonna do it because, like, yay, this was my opportunity, but as well enjoying the male gaze piece of it because,
1: you know, again, I I am an attention whore (laughs) and that's okay. So, um, I am good with it. It doesn't matter if I'm good with it or not. Um, this isn't like a, a pronunciation of whether or not This is okay. I'm just saying, like, because I get so grossed out by it, because I've seen it happen so much, um, if I can tell that that person just has their like they're there for being there and their desire, you know, is to exhibit for their own enjoyment. Um, and the enjoyment of people around that they care about or don't care about or what but it's all wrapped up in their own enjoyment yeah, their pleasure as opposed to being out of obligation oh, yeah. or to entice or to get an advantage. Yeah because again, competition yeah
0: yeah it's been it's been interesting with my my own kind of evolution in in bisexuality and in the whole, Non monogamy because, like so many people, we ended up getting into non monogamy. Sort of starting with a threesome, right? And it was something that we had never done, and it was something I'd always wanted to have happen. And back, you know, in the early years of our marriage, when I had experimented with women a bit, I wanted to do that and had said, like, hey, you know, because it was usually, you know playing with with friends of mine who were also coupled he's saying like why don't we do swapsies you know like, right? i'll come join you two and you could come join us and this this is just so efficient and
1: smart <laughs> it's um, practically
0: vulcan in its and, logic yeah like this just made all kinds of sense to me and nobody else was on board and i don't know what was wrong with them but anyway, i don't either um
1: Shit. <laughs>
0: it, yeah so it that just didn't ever happen but everyone seemed to think this was complicated and I don't know they they were wrong but uh, that it was is, never wait, it is complicated um, yeah. but it's worth it it is worth it yeah um, so when we, you know, we got into non-monogamy and and we just talked to a, a friend of ours and and said, you know, please feel free to say no to this, um, but if you are interested, we think you're really cute and we would love to have a threesome. And she was like, yeah, cool. And I'm like, if you want to think about it, she's like, no, I'm good. We can do it. <laughs> and <laughs> it's- like, well, I would want to think about it, but oh, okay. <laughs> um, but it was, uh, yeah, it just. worked out quite well and it gave me the opportunity to play with a woman again and I hadn't really like it just seemed like kind of fun but not necessarily something I was like I was into it but not like craving I guess and that's I've had a few women sort of talk about that about their bisexuality being like you know I can kind of live without it like I like it right but it's not something I crave and it wasn't ever something I craved but as as we've gone along in non monogamy and I've I've begun to own my queerness a lot more, it has become something that I Desire much more than I had at one point, and I—I I think I sometimes forget how much I like it. Yeah, until I'm in the moment. Yeah, and and so when we were together the other day, I kinda was like, oh, <laughs>
1: like oh, I forgot.
0: Great, it's really good, and, <laughs> yeah. and just you know, and and no one else was around, and um, but I'd mentioned to you that I, I had like, these fleeting thoughts initially, like, oh, we should take
1: some photos while we're together. That same. And, I, I and, did, too. I wanted to tweet about it yeah. or send someone a Google yeah.
0: Hangouts message. Yeah, or, and a dirty you know, photo of the two of us naked yeah. or fucking each other. Mm-hmm. And and then I was just like, no, Like, yeah, and that would have been hot and it would have been fun. But, like, we also just wanted to have that experience for ourselves yeah. and just be in the moment and be, you know, mindful um, of just – yeah, being there and having the experience for us. And sure, we've chatted about it and stuff afterward, but I think that's something that gets lost a lot in particularly like the swinging kind of community yes. where it's you know it's sort of like the recipe you know of four people together is like first the women fuck or or the, make out or whatever girls
1: they're always called the right. girls
0: in this situation and i always like i just i rail against <laughs> girls you get mad at me
1: when i say guys <laughs> oh. accidentally
0: or like Yes. I, I get mad at that too. <laughs> that's okay. I get I get mad about a lot of things. that's it's very okay. judgy. That's okay. Um, but like it. but like it. you know, which is why I drop boys a lot to just try to balance mm-hmm. the scales a little bit. But yeah, like so there's sort of the recipe of first like the, the women get together and they do their the thing is performance to turn the boys on and then like everybody goes out, your then you then you go into your, your mixed pairs and you, you all right fuck and, and you and you do the actual set. Yes, you do the actual set barf. And I even like I I I have a hard time cuz occasionally I sort of want to talk about girl sex or lady sex mm-hmm. and and stuff like that and then I'm like no this is sex it's just sex like we are having sex and I yeah like I I have feels because there is you know it is
1: different and it is specific but it is sex It is there. um, I'm a big fan of Colette, who is a uh, French author. And, um, you know, she was uh, by turns, you know, in heterosexual monogamous relationships and open, you know, whatever. She was in a lesbian relationship for quite a while. And um, one of my favorite of her books, she talks about um, she was a theater performer in Paris, uh, like close to the turn of the century. She talks about how um, sad that lesbians are, even though, like further, you know, on in her life, she was one for a while. Um, but how sad lesbians are because it's like two wounded birds taking refuge in the same nest. And I was really offended by that, even though I love her. I was really offended by that for a while, like that men had hurt them, so they sought refuge in each other's arms or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you know, the the more sex that I have with women, the more I kind of by that, not totally, but that it is a different thing. You know, you can communicate for me, well I'll say won't say you, I'll say I. I can communicate differently and different things and different um emotions and um interests in bed with a woman than I necessarily do or can with a man. Um, So it's not just a mechanical difference. It is for me it's an emotional and intellectual difference but it's still fucking. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like, I totally boned your wife last night. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, I don't need a dick to bone your wife. Yeah. Yeah. And even if we hadn't used penetrative toys, we, you, you we still would have. Yeah, yeah.
0: Like mm-hmm. and you know, we happen to enjoy those and, mm-hmm. and and play with them. But yeah, like that I and I think it is like when you've taken like the sort of, quote-unquote, real sex off the table. Like, when it's not just about getting to PIV. Yes. It just opens up the menu to so much that the whole sexual experience can be just so completely different, like, from one time to the next to the next to the next. Yes. And so it's it's just really freeing and allows a lot of – like i don't know you want to try this because it's not just like okay i i blow you you lick my pussy then we fuck kind of right. kind of thing it it just yeah
1: it changes it up a bit cuz of being you know chronically ill um i don't have a whole lot of piv sex sometimes it's really painful mm. you know for me and not pleasurable and sometimes i want you to like cram like the biggest thing that you can find in there and yeah. you know and sometimes I am, um, in, you know, I'm, I'm so tense and uncomfortable that, like, um, I just need to, uh, like, get off and, you know, whatever works. And, you know, so I, that flexibility of, um, act is really appealing for me, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, where that the goal is not to necessarily stick something in my vagina. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm much more comfortable. I guess that's why the emotional component can be so different for me, because I'm much more comfortable in situations where I know that that isn't the goal and I'm not going to disappoint anyone. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting because <laughs> you say emotional and I'm like starting to be like, hey, I know. Someone, I know. I'm sorry. Is someone going to gaze longingly to, into my eyes? Because I, I can't think of anything worse. I'm not going to do that to you. Um. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like, it's, but but I totally also get entirely what you're saying of of what a different experience it is, and and there's something sort of to it being kind of like fun and being like girl sex and and you'd mentioned the book uh, Girl Sex One Hundred and One, oh, which, which I understand is so good, Allison Moon. Yeah, and I book. understand it's such a great book, but I didn't read it because it said it girl was sex. called Girl Sex One Hundred and One.
1: Well, you know. I- and I I get that, and I get that visceral, like yeah. knee jerk "fuck this" reaction. Like that book's name is Tanya, yeah, you know. <laughs> but um, I'm also missing out on, some yeah, really because that that book really is very inclusive, and it, you know, it talks about you know people who are female identifying, who are pre-op and post-op, you know, and uh, ways to uh, you know things that uh, work for 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 them might be comfortable, more comfortable, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's, it's so widely inclusive that, mm-hmm. you know, and even at the beginning, she, she says, you know, I, I, I tried and I know I fucked something up, but forgive me. Cause I really did try. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, um, I have had sex with people who were transgender and it, it, it's, it's, it's different, you know, it just is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, the again, you know, we're talking about the emotional component. You're you're fucking a girl, you know, or a guy, mm-hmm. you know, and um, if it's a you know, uh, trans man who has had their you know, breasts removed, they might not want them to be touched, yeah, you know, or even if they haven't had them removed, that might be a real source of discomfort, yeah, for sure, for them. And so, you know, I think that, um, You know, you and I both really own the uh, the the terminology of being queer. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, you know, for me, I'm very pansexual. I don't gender is not a big identifier. You know, for me, intellectually or emotionally, um, as far as preference. But you know, you're not American, and I am. Uh And uh, when we were in Mexico, we had a very terrible election in, uh, in the United States and we were all very depressed we i don't think i think people took like 12 to 14 hours off of fucking like completely just yeah. we just drank yeah <laughs> and so yeah cuz we were we were having like the lady orgy at the time I,
0: yeah, of I know. the election mm-hmm. yep. um cuz we were trying to like fuck our way through <laughs> <Right>.
1: the feelings <laughs> exactly yeah and i was i was um helping nurse the the boys with a bottle of bourbon at the the bar downstairs right. so yeah. So I have the privilege of being a, you know, cis female, white, married woman with children, you know, in America. But, um, you know, and I can remain closeted as far as being um, bisexual or, you know, biromantic or, um, you know, um, polyamorous and, you know, all of those things. I, I don't have to I don't have to live my life out but um, I try to live my life out as much as possible for the people who do have to live their lives yeah. out. So yeah. my queer identifying is far less for me um, and far more in uh, just like a notion of solidarity. Like, you know, if they're coming for you, then yeah. they better line me up, too. Yeah. You know, and... um so, you know, while we were, we were you know, in Mexico, like, that was, like, really on my mind was knowing the kind of environment that I was coming back home to. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, again, it comes – it's dumb. Like, we did both mention earlier that we're, like, we have queer haircuts, you know. And, like, when I was 12, I had, like, an undercut. And, like, now it's all popular. And, like, I had a septum piercing. Now it's all popular. And I'm just, like, part of me wants to reject it because I want to be the fucking cool girl. Mm-hmm. But – um, that's far less important to me than being a identifiable ally.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, you know, I I'm very lucky getting to live in Canada where our our sort of social rights and stuff are much more oh, yeah. integral to our national identity. Right. Um, through a lot of things, and but. It is also very possible for us to swing that direction too Mm -hmm. Um, and there are some leaders on the horizon that are scary that are scary and would happily take us um that direction so i'm certainly i'm i'm well aware of how fortunate i am but i'm also not smug canadian about it
1: Right um, Right. to
0: be like oh yeah we've got it down here we're evolved we don't have to deal with that yeah um because you know we we do deal with a lot of the same shit And, um, it's a lot safer here to be open and, and queer,
1: but it's not that there's never hate crimes. Right. It's, it's not, it's still never safe. It might be safer, you know, but, uh, yeah. And I mean, I, I live below the Bible belt, so I'm Mm. practically in the South and, you know, while I've been here, I have heard, um, you know, from, you know, Facebook and stuff back home, you know, in my town, you know, uh, different political supporters actually coming to blows in the uh, square outside of a town hall meeting. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it's, it's scary. Like, I feel like if I were to go to something like that, you know, there's a good chance that I could be targeted. Mm-hmm. But do I want to hide behind that facade of safety? Yeah. Or do I want to support you know the people who who can't and you know it just there's so much um because i am a cis female white married person with children there's so much bi erasure involved yeah. yes you know absolutely um and so if nothing else um because it, it 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 doesn't offend me but it is assumptive of people to think that you know i have a certain gender identity because I happen to be married to a man. Yeah. And, um, being out, th- out there and supporting, you know, people, um, who are, are really marginalized and really dealing with these issues and are really scared, um, is to me that, um, how oh, it doesn't make up for my privilege. Cause you can't do that. No, it just shows that I'm not trying to take advantage of it. Yeah. And I think it is—it's kind of like wielding your privilege for good. Yeah, I, you know, I've been reading. Um, if we want to get real on the topic, <laughs> yeah, probably better we not. Probably go too far down I'm going to go. Okay, but just real quick. Okay. Um, so, um, intersectional feminism mm-hmm. and um, the way that uh, you know women of um, white women treat women of color. you know, and yes. And, you know, trans women and, um, you know, just nine non-binary gender folks, you know, who, who are in support of an idea and an ideal, if they don't, if they they don't embody your idea of that idea, then, but really like, I mean, it's our, it's kind of our turn as white ladies to like, stand at the back of the room absolutely yeah and you know while i while yes i understand you know i'm with you with the idea of wielding our power it's an an amplifying power yes not it's not our voice yeah yeah it's our support for those marginalized voices yes yeah, exactly. It's not like speaking
0: for people. It's, it's like helping to boost. Yes, it them is. To mm-hmm. be able to speak. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, absolutely. And, and it's, it's been a really interesting thing to confront for myself, um, over the past few months and, and all of the reading that I did sort of related to the, the pussy marches and, mm-hmm. and that, that like it was, you know, there's so much good, but there's so much that, was bad and and locally here in vancouver very guilty of a lot of really bad stuff that went down with with our women's march and um and apologies have been made and there's been some some effort to to reconcile but you know the white ladies fucked that shit up
1: yeah Um, as as white ladies have been doing since um suffrage yeah (laughs) absolutely you know i mean it's not only like white pussies that were out there to defend i'm out there to defend Pretty much whatever you want to call. If you're, if you're with me, I'm with you. Yeah. You're with, if you're on the side of, of the, of the pussy, like, then let's do this thing. But, um. <clears throat> yeah, even if you're a woman without a pussy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it definitely takes an emotional and intellectual toll to, uh, much more of a emotional and intellectual toll to go, well, you know, how do I really feel about manifest destiny? Than it does to be like, my pussy is important. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's a lot of what I saw. I saw, you know, in, um, in the marches and in, you know, posts following them up was women saying, you know, we did this thing and we fought for women and, you know, whatever. But then just shoving to the side women who were fighting for issues that have not been resolved after hundreds of years. Yeah. You know, it's like beyond if you're on board with me with my like pussy issues, like I'm on board with you with obviously you have been like just your entire culture has been destroyed yeah. by my culture. Yeah. And so I'm going I'm to back up, <laughs> yes. you know, and I'm going to let you have your, have your room and have your space. And I'm here for that. And, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to argue with the other white ladies. You don't have to, mm-hmm. you know. So talking about um, people who might be totally hardcore feminists, but not have a pussy. So don't have a pussy sign um, or, you know, um, people who are open in uh, polyamory and open relationships or swinging or whatever. It's been interesting to me. And I don't know if your experience is different than mine that. I don't see a lot of mixed gender open couples interacting with gay or lesbian open couples, even if one partner totally identifies as being like, I could totally fall in love with a woman. Mm -hmm. If you're partnered with a man, if you're partnered with a man, um, and the person that you're interested in is partnered with a woman, it feels like that almost never happens.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I haven't really encountered people like through my dating and yeah. and through that kind of thing. I think there's just very little exposure to anyone. And I think because I live in a small city and therefore there's a much smaller pool of people who are potentially open and, yeah. and dating and that kind of thing. Um, I think that really limits that um, and we know a lot of lesbians, but I don't know that any of those lesbians are open. Right. Okay. And I have, like, sort of thought about, like, kind of jokingly putting my arms around two of them who I, I'm very <laughs> fond of and be like, all right, so when are we making this happen? Yeah. Um, yeah. like, what are we, we three? Like, let's, <clears throat> let's do this. Um, but I, I don't think, I don't think any of them are in relationships that would, be open to that okay. um so yeah i i don't know and because flick is not bisexual then obviously a gay couple is,
1: is not going to do to right right
0: um so uh, yeah that just wouldn't happen but uh, yeah i think just lack of exposure to people
1: but i, I don't think that they don't exist and it well yeah, they obviously do. they do exist but uh, i just don't think that there's a lot of cross community no no you know and so, um, there have been times where, you know, I have been interested in either someone who identifies as being a lesbian that is not in a relationship or is in an open relationship. And I, it has come so close to being accused of procurement and, and trying, because I guess it's such that society and, uh, like, pop culture is still so quote unquote male gazy that they can't understand that I would be partnered with a man, be polyamorous, and also could totally be in love with a woman and not want to cross those two, Mm. you know? Like, I don't need for them to have a relationship with each other or even, you know, like a a sexual or even – they don't even have to be friends. Yeah, they don't even have to be in the same room at the same time. Ever. Um, but it, it's almost it is almost like people are untrustworthy or untrustworthy untrusting mm-hmm. and I am automatically seen as untrustworthy mm-hmm. because obviously if I'm partnered with a man I'm uh, I just want to fuck women I couldn't actually em- love and emotionally fulfill one mm-hmm
0: yeah that's interesting it's not something I've experienced at all because I really haven't tried to date women um, like ended up like that, you know, with, with Iris, like we were both dating her, right? Um, as a couple, and and so it wasn't just me and her, and it has, um, the relationship has evolved a lot over the year that we've all been involved, but um, yeah, I think I've only ever gone out on like one date that I met a gal online and we went for coffee and then.
1: And she wasn't into me. Dude, um, same. Like, like, okay, no way. So it wasn't the one because there's been a couple. But the first girl that I was like, this girl is my friend. I, you know, Clark and I have an open relationship. I was like, she and I have always been super flirty. Like, I, you know. And um, I told her about my um, relationship and status and all that stuff and said, you know, I've always been interested in you. Like, do you want to, like, just go out and have dinner? Went out and had dinner. And it ended up being that it would be too difficult for her, even though she would be interested, it would be too difficult for her to have that conversation with her partner mm. to open their relationship. Because, like, and so I went home and bawled my eyes out because I felt like I wasn't enough or important enough for or special enough for her to do the work. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Clark came in the room and he's like, how's your day? Uh-oh. Do you need some wine? <laughs> that was literally what he said. I was like, "Yes, please." And um, she and I are still having that conversation. Hmm. Interesting. But now I wouldn't date her because she's like a she's like a baby baby bitch, like baby poly person, and I'll 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 help her along, you know. Yeah. Can, but campsite rule. But I'm I'm not not I'm not going there.
0: Yeah. No, and I I could definitely see that.
1: And, I mean, bisexuals have always been treated suspiciously. Absolutely. Um, Like, we're either a gay person who can't decide or a straight person who's just curious. Yeah. Yeah. So there's
0: there's always been. And, you know, to this day, there's, you know, there's... Like, there's an uproar right now on Twitter about the bi jokes that were on, um, the real O'Neill's, I think. Oh, no. Um, and it's, you know, it's like they were sort of saying, oh, you know, it could be like you could have web toes or worse, be bisexual or something oh, like God. that. <laughs> and so it's still, we're still kind of the. We're the butt of the joke. Yeah, we're the butt of a lot of jokes. And, and yeah, that is what it is. And, and I definitely found that my lesbian friends started taking me more seriously when I got my queer haircut. Yep and and also once started you know having iris around and 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 visible with us it's like i i suddenly had street cred right um, because you know it it doesn't count unless you're actually licking pussy regularly you know being bisexual um and
1: so it uh yeah. some of us would love to lick pussies way more regularly than we're presented with one that we'd like to lick um just say so.
0: Yeah, it's been it's been interesting to have that because I still like, but they don't invite me to the Femme flotilla during right. Pride, and they don't invite me to the Dyke March, and they don't like. I don't get included in any of their lesbian events because I'm not a real lesbian. Well, I mean, I'm not a real lesbian. Right. I'm but obviously it, bi, but um, but at, I don't get included for being queer, right? And because the, I'm in, married to a dude,
1: right? I, and at the same time. You know, we just have to own that, yeah. Because you know, again, it's our it's our veil of privilege. Yeah, I haven't and, lived openly right? as like I I'm very open
0: now on Facebook and stuff like that. Um, like everyone in my life knows that I am bisexual and I talk about it and that sort of thing. But I haven't lived like as a queer person. Um, I uh, I no bourbon for you, kitty cat. I haven't. Yeah, I haven't had to to go through the life experience that that yeah. lesbians have to go through and and that sort of thing. So I totally get that I am in a very different place and have the privilege of right. of being married to a dude and passing as straight and all that kind of so,
1: thing. So so we buy a ticket to Pride and we wave our flag around. Yeah, you know, and it it would be it would be easy for us to uh, feel hurt that we're not included because we're really trying. Yeah, but. That doesn't matter. Yes. <laughs> That's not the point. Yes. The point is I, I'm I'm here to, to support you and wave my fucking flag. Yeah. And um, it's really funny, like, talking about um, Iris. I uh, – you ready for another, like, bombshell? <laughs> I was really – I was way more nervous because – After Desire, um, you know, Flick and I were talking about what Iris was going through and, you know, she has kids and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I I really related. And I was like, hey, you know, see if like maybe she wants to like chat. Like I'd be here, you know, talk to her. And we just like hit it off and got along so good. And so, you know, coming out here to visit, I was way more nervous about you being upset or unhappy that i was spending time with her than you being upset or unhappy that i was spending time with flick
0: mm, interesting
1: you know because again like if i you know that feeling like if i step on your toes you can limit access to people that i really care about mm-hmm. and um, not thinking that you would but yeah being yeah potential. Mm-hmm, being being concerned and 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 not wanting to hurt you, mm-hmm. you know in any way by you being like, well, why do they why do they get along? Why do they like each yeah. other? Why do we have these difficulties and issues and they don't you know vice versa yeah um, but it's really great when people just all like actually genuinely care about each other, yeah. And I, she
0: expressed a lot of concern to me that the two of you were yeah. talking and that you were that you were clicking and and stuff and you know is that okay? I'm like, of course that's okay. I'm thrilled that you've got yeah. someone to talk to, but I also get where that potential threat can come from. And she knows about how emotionally fraught desire had been for me right. and. And that sort of thing, and I and I got that she, you know, didn't want to add to that by right. being yet another person who I'm know, trying to take away <laughs> that, that <laughs> met you and thought you were right. better than me. No. Um, Jesus, I no, think but that's no, ever no happened, but, but that still. is like that is my yeah, brain, know, my brain story of like every one of these people that I am involved with like meets this gal and is like see ya, um, which is you know this has never happened, yes, but it's, that narrative is false. But yeah. But yes. that is, yeah, that is still the narrative that, that my brain is all
1: like, if Kat. I was dating me and I met Kat, I might jettison me. Kat. <laughs> so just saying, um, so, you know, we've talked about what the problems are. And I think in the course of talking about what the problems are, we've really kind of covered what the solutions are mm-hmm. to a great extent. Um, but just to kind of recap, like um communication, which is both of our favorite things. Yeah. yeah. Over communication, let's, really. Let's talk about this some more. Let's talk about talking. Can we can we schedule a time to talk <laughs> about oh, talking? Jesus. I know it happens. Can we put it on our Google Calendar?
0: Yeah. Um, but just being honest with each other, being honest about your fears. You know, really telling the person your ridiculous inside voice story. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how A, it helps them
1: comfort you, but B, it helps you hear how ridiculous your inside voice story is. Yes, and most of the time people will hear how ridiculous their inside voice story is without you telling them how ridiculous that it is. Yes. It's more in in them relating it than in you going, that's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Also, Again, for me, my big problem is not communicating. It is feeling like I'm being sincere enough. And so communicating my intentions, but also, like, I need a little bit on the other side of people believing that I'm – my intentions are what I say they are. Mm-hmm. You know? So uh, I think, again, like I said, you know, with, with Flick, if he was just a, um, like, a, a heart collector, like, total, like – dickhead and you know which there was the thought went through my mind um that he just this big emotional experience um he would you wouldn't put up with that shit mm-hmm. so um i was trusting of his intentions because of you and i was trusting of your intentions because of you and because of him and i wanted you to feel the same um way from me but you, you just can't force that you have to either be willing to go, okay, I believe this person means me no harm, mm-hmm. that's really hard. It is really hard
0: and the more someone tells you that they <laughs> mean you no harm, the more you're like, fucking, what the fuck do they have planned? Yeah. Like, yeah. It, there's that immediate suspicion and that, like, oh, they're really building me up to, to yank mm-hmm. this carpet out from underneath yeah. me. Like, it's... There are people like that. Yes, and there, there definitely are people like that. And there are people who who unintentionally do some of these things. Oh, absolutely. Um but yeah like it's it, it is really difficult to get that balance particularly for someone like communicating with someone like me that, you know, is immediately avoidant and suspicious um, and, and, you know, to try to reassure me in ways. And it's just like, you just basically have to go like really slowly and just put the tiny little scraps of food out. And eventually mm. I'll, I'll come out of my corner and maybe try it. And if I don't get poisoned that I'll like maybe try a little bit more and, and then maybe you can touch me in six weeks and, you know, like, <laughs> you know it's just, but, but and yeah, the more someone's like in, in my face being like, I I love you, it's so you're great. So great blah, blah. Yeah, you're like, What is wrong with you? Yeah. yeah, it's like, What is your game? Like, I know, yes, and you know, and it so much of that, yeah, is just that classic being bullied as a kid, and, and you know, that so many of us went through that they were people oh, yeah. did treat you mm-hmm. falsely in order to uh get your guard down. So, you know, it's a lesson many of us have learned for you know. We, we have these reactions for a reason um but you know, also you know, grown ass woman and and um, need to, yeah, like be sort of more more willing to to accept people at face value and, And read them and and know who is surrounding them and like the number of people that I know and care about who know and care
1: about you, sort of taking those sort of references and being like, okay. (laughs) Literally. Okay. So references are extremely important in polyamory, not necessarily because you you do sort of fall for who you fall for. But um, as far as uh, consulting with you know, like your partners and each other. And like, is this person, you know, sketchy as shit or not? Yeah. Um, One thing that was really good for us is I let you tap out Mm -hmm. when you were like, this is a little bit much. Yeah. Or I don't really understand what you're saying here. Or, you know, you were very forthright in your communication with me. And um, it was difficult sometimes not to chase you. Mm hmm. But that would not have gotten me anywhere. No. So, um, and not even in like a romantic chasing way, just in a, just in a finish this conversation with me. Yeah. You know, and um, you can't do that. You got, you have got to let people tap out of a conversation that they're done with for right then, yeah. you know, and trust that, that it's important enough to them to come back yeah. to it.
0: Yeah. And those of us who do so much internal processing, like, you know, yeah, you often need to go and think about something for three days. And, yeah. and sometimes it's something where you're like, they're so wrong. And then three days later, you're like, I can maybe see they <laughs> might have had a small point there yeah. um, you know or maybe three days later they're still wrong and now I'm ready to talk about it right um, I, have my, it, I have my ducks in a
1: row yes, my arguments I'm lined like up and I know yes. listed yeah. in, in in a spreadsheet um, But <laughs> I'm it, here I'm here for your spreadsheets Kat for sure <laughs> for sure I think I even told you how great the podcast episode outline was and <laughs> like I love this I find this so satisfying thank you for doing this um
0: you know and knowing that like being able to live with that discomfort i think yeah um that you know there are going to be conversations that are really uncomfortable and being able to be okay with that discomfort um because you know and i think in polyamory and and open relationships so much there is a certain amount of discomfort that we learn to live with and learn to often translate into compersion or into just like okay that's a feeling i have and and i can manage that um So, you know, having being able to have those uncomfortable conversations, and and sometimes there is a certain amount of of kind of going through the motions or faking it until you you make make it. it. Um, Yeah, that that you know sometimes is not very helpful. The pasting on the smile and just being like, "No, everything's cool." Um, That dishonest kind of yeah. Versus being like, okay, this is manageable. I'm not happy, but I'm okay with that not okay.
1: I think that when it comes to um, the fake it till you make it, it is it the difference between is this a surface knee-jerk reaction feeling or is this a deep thing? Yeah. Is this Does this make me feel deeply unsafe? Yeah. And, um, you, you can't fake your way to the deeply unsafe, I mean, or through the deeply unsafe feelings that requires openness and honesty and self-awareness and self-reflection, you know, whereas I don't really like seeing the way that that person touches my partner when they're kissing them, you know, it's just not your preference. Yeah. But if it's like, I'm really not okay with, um him not coming to bed at night because he's talking to them Mm -hmm. like this is, you know, I feel abandoned. I feel replaced, you know, um, those are much deeper. Yeah. You know, things and need to be addressed. You can't, you can't fake, fake those. No, no. And,
0: and with those things, you need to figure out how to get those needs met so that you're then able to like, Face those fears and right. and manage and and deal with what's behind them because right. if it if it's a sense of abandonment you need to work with your partner to get out of that abandonment feeling you know so that even if you if if they are up with the other person until two in the morning when you'd gone to bed like it it still you feel loved and and cherished
1: and yeah, and secure absolutely um, it's yeah it's a security you know we talked about attachment it, it is reinforcing the security of your attachment yeah. you know and not necessarily them making you feel wanted or unwanted it is figuring out a way to set up that feedback of the security yeah. in your partnership and in your attachment regardless of what else is going on around it yeah.
0: Yeah, because as I'm always like, no one makes you anything. Right, they can merely do things, and you can only react to them. But Mm -hmm. they're, you know, no one, no one is making anything happen. Um, But yeah, if. the whole the chasing and the cat dog thing, you know. The, <laughs> yes. Because um, yeah, I am very much a cat, and and I described that without even really seeing that that piece. In <laughs> that the was notes. my note. Yeah, um, see? I, I clearly <laughs> skimmed that part, but you know, talking about being in the corner and like being kind of coaxed out, like like a cat. Um, where yeah, the, there are the people who are much more dogs and are out just like being like love me, um, and yeah, just like sort of figuring out how people are and and helping to to work with their
1: integral person Um, and i'm kind of i'm kind of a switch when it comes to being (laughs) a cat dog person like when it comes to people giving me affection very much a cat Uh uh-huh when it comes to me um giving affection to other people such a dog uh which is difficult uh-huh. Although I think, you know, cats just, you know,
0: do what they want. So there's a certain amount
1: of Yeah, that. yeah, sure. But- um, I, I give
0: you affection in the form of licking your eye at five <laughs> in the morning, because that's what I feel like doing right now. And you
1: like it, I'm confident. But um, no, it it is a- uh, it's just a warm, open, friendly Mm. thing for me. You know, like, um, I don't, I'm a, I don't bark, you know, but like, I I just, I want to stick my nose in your crotch. (laughs) What is there a problem here? I don't think so. Um, so the hardest thing for me is, um, is navigating. And it's, you know, I, I say navigating a lot because it, that's what relationships when, you know, in open and, and polyamorous situations become is navigation. There's no map. You're mm-hmm. just going along and you're figuring out it, how to go forward. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes I don't know. I, it, I don't know what I want. I don't know what's on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, are we just friends? Are you – I remember being at Desire and, you know, we'd have, we had the necklaces that – uh, you know, had the beads that said whether you're, you know, straight or bisexual or kinky or, you know, whatever. And meeting a couple of girls and seeing their straight bead and like having the like the super emoji sad face, <laughs> you know, because I'm just like, no, no. Oh, damn it. Yeah. Um, and I uh, I tend to go for like more of the really close, intense, um, romantic. Because that's, that's just how I am. Mm-hmm. Um thing whereas you're just more like let's fuck yeah. and and that's great but uh it it can make it hard to have a conversation about okay so what what are we like mm-hmm. what are what's going forward what's happening here yeah you know and um yeah so I'm gonna let you talk about that <laughs> and I'm gonna sit here with my drink
0: yeah I think it's it's something that has come up with me a few times and trying to describe people um because yeah like they're often more than a metamore but yeah it's not like we're partners as such either you know like going to see see Will and Elle like I have a relationship with her and we chat quite regularly and I really care about her and I would even say that I love her and but you know it's it's him that I have the really intense romantic right you know kind of relationship with and and yeah i i wouldn't really know how to describe her um other than awesome other than awesome which she is and like just like breathtaking and sexy as fuck and yeah so many so many adjectives Yeah, yeah um yeah, it's, it's really hard to, to know, you know, are you friends? Or, you know, are you
1: sexy friends or like friend amours? Um, friend amours. Good God. <laughs> I, you know, I actually started to make a list and then just abandoned it, yeah, like of so like the scale. Yeah. We, that needs to happen. There, so there needs to be, um, cool girl bingo. <laughs> and then there needs to be the, non relationship escalator relationship scale yes so there's it's it is not a it's not a hierarchy or a there's no movement to it we're not um trying to get from one rung to the other mm-hmm. but there are different it's not even levels there are different descriptors descriptors yeah, yeah.
0: and i yeah i would love if anyone has some suggestions, please, uh, yes. like, email or, or tweet us because, yeah, I really – I'm often at a loss in these, in these situations to
1: attempt to describe people. Um, it makes me grateful for my vanilla friends where I can be like, I'm just visiting friends yeah. in Vancouver. I don't have to be like, well, I'm visiting this guy and his wife and we're – yeah – I'm just – I'm here, having fun.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, everyone has different words, and everyone has different words that they're comfortable with and that work for them. And I I had someone I was very close to sort of describe me as a playmate, and I almost, like, threw them out of the vehicle because I was just like, wow, like, I am so diminished by that term. Yet, technically, sure, okay, you know, we do play together – but wow like i am so much more than that i would um, i would be totally crushed
1: and, in that situation and
0: you know and me just trying to keep things nice just oh, kind of gosh. kept the yeah. kept the expression on my face but yeah really wanted to just kind of be like what the fuck dude right. um, because yeah it just it, it it is often difficult to know and and people sometimes have rules with their partners about what they're allowed to call other people too so there's often so oh, many different gosh. levels about yeah. about that and and i use the term partner all the time for everything where some people especially if they're maybe not married have their partner as their life partner and everybody else has a different descriptor but for me you know like well we're sexual partners or you know we're whatever like partner works for everything for me, but I also have that sort of, you know, I have a spouse. Right. um, So that, I mean, if we wanted to rob a bank together, we'd be partners. Yeah. Yeah. We want to open a business together. (laughs) Yes. um, And all these things. So yeah, it's like everyone has their different descriptors, but yeah, I don't think we have an answer to, uh,
1: uh, we don't to this one. We want an answer. Oh, we would like an answer. So. This is this is where all this is where it fails us. We you know we've 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 kind of built this whole thing and then we're out of bricks. Yeah, we're out of bricks at all. Um, it's really it's hard too when you don't want the same thing. Yeah, you know I mean falling in love with someone who just wants to fuck you. Yeah, sucks. It does. Uh- Especially when you're both in love with the same person, <laughs> like holy shit, like that, you know. Yeah, oh, that's a, that's a recipe for everybody hating their life. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and and it's difficult to be the person who someone is in love with who isn't in love back too. Yeah,
1: and 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 know, I think it's it's almost worse. I, I yes, because. Um, you know, there's the 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 crush, the unrequited, you know, whatever. Um, and you know, it's it's painful, but you are um, they they feel better than someone really ki- like being into you, and you just can't get it together to be into them. That I mean, I've been there. That hurts worse. Yeah, yeah. You feel I like agree. a monster. Yes, and uh, monsters we may be, mm-hmm. but. Um, I'm happy to be a monster if um, it means I get to be honest about who I am. I would much rather be um, hard and um, make things difficult for people initially than to, like, try to make nice and then have to fix it when it all goes to shit.
0: And you're doing them a favor, too, by being honest. Like, it hurts them up front. Right. But not giving someone false hope and not – yeah doing doing the nice thing
1: to avoid that that potential conflict um and the, just the the complicating factor in it is well, we can still fuck, yeah <laughs> yes. you know it's like. Well maybe we shouldn't yeah because and and you both have to you have yeah, to figure that out and decide yeah. what's gonna work because um, sometimes man people are willing to take a consolation prize for a long time
0: yes especially when that
1: consolation prize
0: is sex. oh yeah That's, done there done like, that. it's a it's a pretty great consolation it, prize. it is it is um and I've I've found that that being older does help a lot to Know myself well enough to be honest. Yes. And that was much trickier, you know, in my 20s, even into my 30s, um, in a way that, you know, being able to, to own myself and, and to know how I am. And I still struggle a lot with, with some of the things I think I should be and I'm not. Um, so there is definitely an ongoing, ongoing battle with that. But it really helps to be able to be like, this is who I am and I'm good with that for the most part. Um, So it is easier to be honest and and just be really upfront and be like, this is what I got.
1: Yeah, I think that um, the reflection and examination that we tend to not really get into doing until our 30s and going through our 30s, um, that, you know... It almost seems like your 20s these days is like an extended adolescence or can be, you can use it as one. Mm-hmm. But that self-awareness, which is hard earned, yeah, you have is, to live it to, yeah, to is, get it, is what allows us to be honest. Yeah. Because if you're not self-aware, then you you don't fucking know. Yeah. You know, you don't know what the answer to the question is. Yeah. Um, And you can just leave a trail of destruction in your wake completely unintentionally because you were living an unexamined life. Yeah. And I think, I don't think that people who hurt people are necessarily always evil. Some of them are. no, But a lot of times they're just ignorant. Yeah. Of themselves. Yeah. The lack of self-awareness thing is
0: such a thing. And it's something I see in people quite often and And it drives you ape shit. Same. Yeah. Um, you know, or I yeah, I'm listening to people talking and just kinda going, Wow, you have no idea how you come off, do you? Um yeah. and I'm sure all of us to a certain extent have this have the little bubble, but yeah, it is is fascinating i think especially as like overthinky types right to to see someone who doesn't overthink and be like maybe you
1: could use a little more <laughs> you need you need a better filter babe like a better filter whatever you've got in there is just not working like that piece of cheesecloth like this is just, yeah you need to get yourself a dyson brain to mouth filter because there's a whole lot of bullshit coming out of there <laughs> it's yeah. making me sneeze so, it can be difficult to be the self aware person in a mm-hmm. situation because you feel like you're having to lead the baby ducklings <laughs> along behind you in a row who don't know where they're going or what they're doing necessarily. Um, but there are benefits to doing that work in the relationships in our lives, but it tends to seem like as women, you know, because, you know, men have their own, um, and people in general oh. have their own you, everybody grows up but um we're often seen as the ones in our tribe who need to do the emotional labor for the group yeah
0: yeah and there's there's definitely issues <laughs> to be yeah. you know to be had with that and and it's something that I'm learning to shake off to a certain extent is like I'm not going to fucking do this work for you like you need to do this work um but there is also by doing the work, you can help to, you know, bring anxieties to light that that would have stayed hidden. Like right. if you and I hadn't chosen to, to do the work between us, you know, we might have sort of come into this week bristled. to the hilt. yeah Yeah. and I would have been so protective and so just like what the fuck do you want from me and
1: (laughs) And I would have cried a lot (laughs) and
0: yeah you would have cried a lot my jaw (laughs) would have been just like twitching like it just would have I think it would have been a really uncomfortable situation and you know we both came into this this visit with anxieties I'm sure Mm. um but by talking so much about it and being so open about our, our fears and our anxieties, we were able to face it and and look at it and then just have a great time together yeah. and, and kind of realize just, yeah, how freeing it can be to be like, okay, I had these feelings and these experiences, but this is the reality and we can have a great connection and, and have a special relationship of our own between us. Yes.
1: That was that, really important that to is me. Separate mm-hmm. from our
0: other relationships because it's easy to sort of yeah, only have that that relationship reflected in the the other relationships that we have or share. But yeah, to be able to come into it, you know, with our own thing and whatever <laughs> whatever we're going to crowdsource we're going to call it um it it is like it's it's ours and it's special and it's awesome and if we hadn't done the work
1: we wouldn't be here right i think too you know that um part of elevating it, it's very hard because you want to move forward as quickly as possible and do be efficient and um you know, emotionally collected and all this kind of stuff. So we can tend to drag people along with us, um, in our emotional, um, labor and they benefit from it, but they don't learn anything from it. They don't learn how to do it. They don't learn what it consists of. They don't learn what it takes. So, you know, I see this a lot. Like, um, if two women share a male partner, they will plan his life for him. Yeah. And fuck that. Yeah. So, you know, the Google calendar rules all, but, you know, sometimes things happen, things change, whatever. And if you have a good relationship with someone who is a paramour or a metamour, or whatever who's you know, uh, you're, you share a partner, but you you also have a relationship with each other, whatever that is... As women, it can be really easy to be like, it would just be easier to edit him out of the cycle, depending on his personality. Mm -hmm. Fuck that. Like, we don't have to do that. We're not responsible for it. We're not required to do it. It's actually not good for the the tribe as a whole and the community as a whole. Like, I think you and I sort of had a couple of conversations regarding navigating our uh, feelings about will, you know, for me to say- That he's my friend and we do, we have a sexual relationship, but, you know, we don't have a romantic relationship, Mm -hmm. you know, and for like, why should I have to explain that to you Mm. other than I like care about your feelings and I didn't want you to, um, feel threatened because there's no threat. Mm -hmm. So, um, same, you know, same with, with flick or, any number of other people that we just happen to mutually know mm-hmm. um why are we the ones defining terms yeah yeah and giving each other sort of the the the
0: comfort and the consolation and the support and reassurance yeah. and yeah fuck that <laughs> <laughs> yeah that could go off on a whole
1: <laughs> other uh, <laughs> we're just uh, we'll just leave tangent. it at, we'll just leave it at
0: fuck that <laughs> we'll just leave it at fuck that um yeah. but Yeah. And there's a certain amount of like, okay, well, I just, I want things to work. And the whole like, if you need something done, you're just going to fucking do it because someone else is going to fuck it up. That approach that both of us, you know, were raised with and Mm -hmm. and have carried on. Um, but I think, yeah, focusing on doing the work that involves strengthening relationships versus doing the work that just kind of cobbles things together because it'll just be easier if we just do this for, you know,
1: and it's, it's a big difference. Yeah you know what one is um practically a temporary fix because you're gonna have to keep doing it over and over you're gonna have to keep like patching it you know and everybody just has to like learn how to haul the barge together of you know this stuff instead of just being just floating along and thinking that's just how it works yeah and i think talking with your partners about your concerns, like we've talked about
0: talking with each other about all this thing, sort of thing. But I have talked to Flick at length about my concerns and about yeah. um, what's going on, and and to get his reassurances and to get like his viewpoint and his approach and and his insight and that sort of thing yeah. um, as well, so that it's not just yeah, you and I trying to like sort out our lady problems on the side you know
1: <laughs> um, yes our you know we're just gonna jello wrestle yeah. and then yeah um we I, might i see do that. that yeah um but, but it wouldn't be to prove dominance outside of the jello wrestling ring no yeah no
0: no you gotta stop distracting
1: do we need to, another break. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah like the the communication piece that we that we talked about and, and we're always hammering on about is is very much like it's so important to talk with your people and and I have talked yeah like at length with Flick when you were coming to visit and I've definitely talked with Will and and have talked with with people to to work out how to work the relationships
1: in ways that work for everyone right but um, but you're expressing your needs yes. you're not so much concerned about what I'm getting or not getting oh yeah it's 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 your needs and your reassurances yes. Um, so again, you know, it's turning that competition yes, feel like on its head, yeah, you know, and saying, look, I'm not worried about what she's getting. Like, I don't care how much pie she eats, you know, this is how much pie I, I need. Yeah. And, um, this is how much pie that our, our relationship with each other takes up, you know, in my life. And I, I need that to not be hugely disrupted or else yeah. I'm going to be really unhappy. Yeah. And none of that is going you know, this is your choice. You can disrupt it and I'll be unhappy, but I'm yeah. telling you that that's how it's going to be. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I must admit at one point, like two weeks ago, I was like, I might have to find an Airbnb for 12 days.
1: Um, <laughs> no, I know. I remember the day. Um, but <laughs> it,
0: yeah, like by, you know, just working through, like we, you know, we got there and, and yeah, figuring out. And being able to own your needs and being able to express your needs and, and when to say like, yeah, this isn't working. And then like figuring out where that sort of record scratch like, you know, yeah. line mm-hmm. is and then sorting that out. Um, but I think, yeah, we could get very. Cerebral and esoteric (laughs) at this point, Uh, but it's probably better that we actually wrap up this. um, It's definitely two parter episode. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I think it is. um, But uh, yeah, like just shaking off, you know, these the bindings of competition and like letting go of so much of that, you know, sort of ugly uh, narrative that that is given to us about how women relate and aren't necessarily supposed to relate but we're sort of taught our, you know, can't help but relate right, in this right. kind of ugly competitive manner.
1: And it's so important that we really all get together and go, you know what? Fuck that. Yeah. Because of the political climate and yes. the things that we need to do to support and strengthen each other and our positions, you know, as women or polyamorous folk or queer folk or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, that you know we cannot look at each other as being the enemy Mm -hmm. you know or the invader or someone who's you know coming to take our resources and you know it's just yes competition to an extent is good for evolution but not for um like intellectual integration and equality yeah you know it's just not and we've been putting up with that shit for too long Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah fuck that fuck that
0: Thanks for listening. Please help boost our visibility by rating us and leaving us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. It means a lot to us and helps us get into the ear holes of more listeners. You can follow us on Twitter at wetcoastcat at Grox at on the Wet Coast. You can email us, contact at onthewetcoast.com. You can read Cat's blog at onthewetcoast.com or under the blog title onthewetcoast at lifeontheswingset.com. You can also hear a lot more of Cat by buying the audiobook of Cooper S. Beckett's novel, A Life Less Monogamous, available at alifelessmonogamous.com, enter code WETCOAST at checkout to save 10%, and at audible.com. Check out other awesome sex-positive podcasts on the Swingset Network at Swingset FM. Our theme music is A Naked Gun, Bank Assault by Francesco D'Andrea. Episode music is Puzzle Pieces by Lee Rosevere.
1: Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Wicked Pictures contract star and director Jessica Drake. You're listening to a Swing Set podcast on Swing Set FM. Oh, oh great. Oh, it's hairball time. (laughs) Um... Oh
0: boy, how am I going to edit the cat vomit out of the episode?
1: Don't, you know what, cat vomit happens, it's one of those things. (laughs) Oh, she's going to come and she's coming to do it closer. Get closer to the mic
0: and on the carpet. Oh, great. Okay.